Hello, everybody. Welcome to week number five recap here of the Tiger Mile Report. I'm Rahela Casillasami. is Chris Brown, and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the Tigers because I was not here Thursday. I didn't want to talk about the series a little bit with the Cardinals, but we'll get to that shortly. But plenty to get to around the system. But yeah, there's the series today against the ending against the Cardinals. It's just as it looked like the bullpen was just out of gas. But overall, good series for the Tigers as they're now five and one in the month of May. And they kick off a series with Cleveland tomorrow. So there's no off day and they continue to roll on on their road trip. So everybody, hello everybody on our YouTube. So if you want to participate in super chats, of course, you know the rules. So if you want to donate, you get a exquisite and or that ball is good. Ah. But I'm also I got some Matt Shepard ones too from right. over the weekend. He had some really good calls, like the the Matt Mason Inglert. And I'm also I hadn't have a chance, but I'm gonna put the Alex Lang t- the hit was it ch- chill. Oh yeah, yeah. Throw strikes and chill, or chill and throw strikes, something like that. Yeah. Oh, or throw, 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 throw. <laughs> Can I talk? But uh, yeah, you, you, you were. But somebody. Uh, so yeah, there's a in terms of the week wise for the Tigers and it, it, across the system a little bit. Two teams really stood out. Only Erie and West Michigan had winning records. Lakeland finished zero and six, and Toledo one and five on the week. Brutal. Yeah, the, the different kinds of brutal, too. Toledo is just manhandled by Indianapolis. We've seen Pittsburgh has just a lot of good baseball players in their upper levels, the minors. They just, we saw them in Erie when Altoona put it to the Seawolves. And this week, the Indianapolis Indians, they outscored Toledo. What is it? I got it right here. 41 to 15, the six games. Just, just relentless offense. So, yeah, it was rough. In, in the, I will get into the Lakeland later, but just about the most heartbreaking week you could possibly imagine. I think there were four walk-off losses. Yeah, Lakeland had a tough, tough week. It, it was even from like a pitching standpoint. The pitching was slightly better, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. And yeah, the I will say you're absolutely right, Alex, in the, our YouTube chat, basically saying Toledo's missing, I'm, I'm buying it right about now. And I would agree with that because... Even if you look at the numbers here, so we have what happened this week in Toledo. Oh, if you go to the numbers real quick, they definitely missed them. Andre Lipsius did step up and did pretty well. He went six for 17. But as far as Justin Henry Malloy struggling a little bit, looked like he's pressing. But offensively speaking, that was really about it. There wasn't really much to highlight here this week. Yeah, Corey Jones had a solid week. He's kind of uh, a very Zach Short kind of player. Five for 15, a double, a triple, a homer, one walk, six strikeouts, and a steal. Played up the middle. But yeah, the, the guys they count on to produce haven't been producing. Justin Henry Malloy in the last two weeks is seven for 42. So that, that's a 167 batting average with one double, one homer, five walks, and 18 strikeouts. The, the league has adjusted to him. You were there. You saw it in person, what they yep. were doing. And Indianapolis continued what Syracuse started. We're breaking balls inside, fastballs away, and Malloy is, is, hasn't adjusted back yet. And so that's one of those things. We, we get what we get, call him up, call him up, call him up, call him up when he's putting up a 1400 OPS. And we understand that, but there's more to it than just the stats. And, and it's very important to see him adjust 
know, I think he will, but it's just going to take a little time. And once you see him adjust and start excelling again, I think that's when you'll see him be called up. For yeah, especially over the weekend, too, where a lot of people were upset with Jonathan Scope. And they're like, DFA and put, bring up, and they have pictures of Malloy. And if you look at his stats, yes, I, I, I mean, we do post some of the, uh, granted, sometimes on Twitter, that might be the theater of illusion, but I think we're pretty honest when we say we post a good and a bad on there. And you would be correct. Jumping Jordan on YouTube, you're actually correct. I missed that. Corey Joyce did have a home run. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I mentioned that. Oh, you did. You did mention it. Okay, my yeah. bad. But yeah. Oh, I see. But he wasn't on the gotcha. Sorry. Yeah. But in terms of what Walter brings up, call him up and, and figures, oh, figures out the adjustment. Yes, d- definitely. That's what you want to see. The, the numbers are numbers. I, I put out a tweet a couple hours ago on my Twitter account. I didn't want to put it on the minor league account just because I didn't want to be like, I didn't want anybody to think I was being like overly negative or, or getting annoyed with call them up stuff. But like across the board, every, just about every player that we can think of for the Tigers the last few years, their OPS is, is 200 points lower in the majors than it is in AAA. Stats AAA don't matter really. We show you the highlights because that's what we do. We, nobody, we've talked about it before. Nobody wants to see like a routine ground out or a three pitch strikeout. That's not a highlight, but that's still happening quite a bit for all these guys. And, and until you see somebody just, you made the, the comp a while, I think last week, maybe a couple weeks ago, until you see them going like bull JD Martinez, where it's just, okay, this, this is there's no match for this level. It's six home runs in seven games or whatever. Then they probably aren't ready to come up. And even then we saw Kerry Carpenter kind of destroy triple A. And he still struggles in the majors because the majors is very hard. So, yeah, you want to see the adjustments. That's the most important thing. It's it's my main criticism of Spencer Torkelson so far as a big leaguer is the the length of time it's taken him to make any real adjustments. And it's it's just something that's hard to it's hard to figure out when guys get that if they ever do. Yeah, and the thing is too, what people you understand is like if if this is something where Molly's doing these numbers at the end of May, then yeah, you can. It's all about timing. And when teams start doing their homework, that's when you really see that. And so I think sometimes we get so with the team struggling on the big league level, you can go out and say something. But one thing that the Tigers did make a statement this week, and it was a good case of Scott Harris F around and find out was Spencer Turbo got sent down to Toledo. And I'm, I'm not going to, here's the thing with Spencer Turbo going down to Toledo. I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. I was actually surprised. I thought that he would get another start to work things out. He's coming back from surgery, and maybe he was still figuring things out. But everything he had against the St. Louis here was still up in the zone. He got smacked around. He did generate 12 swings and misses, but it doesn't matter if you can't get your pitches down. Location-wise, he struggled with location again. But it was, I think, it was a surprise because during the Avila run, didn't really see that off. Guys got hammered and they stayed up because they didn't really have much of a choice. But Fiedo, who has been pitching well, and his some of his numbers, and I did an article about it over at TigerMLReport.com, it's, the numbers are encouraging and there's some good stuff there. And he did not too badly today, four two-thirds innings out there against a pretty potent St. Louis offense. But yeah. Turnbull was sent down and he's going to try to figure things out. And so were you surprised by that, Chris, at all? Absolutely. I didn't even, I hadn't even considered it, but, and I like Spencer Turnbull. I think he's got good stuff when he's in, at full power, but yeah, I think you said it, it was a message. There's a message there. And it, the message is basically 
it, now you can't apply it unilaterally because there are extenuating circumstances in some places. But the the message is if you're not performing as well as we need you to and you can be replaced, you will be replaced. And that goes for basically every level in the system, AAA, AA, high A, low A majors. If there's somebody else and they had another body and now it's Fido and Fido wasn't substantially better than Turnbull today, but uh, he was an option. And so they said, Turnbull, uh, yeah, go down and figure it out. And when you come back, give us more innings because that's been the main issue. He's just not been going deep into games. He almost sneaked out of it yesterday, was one out away from, from a nice comeback and then gave up another home run. And I think I said it was just the second time in his career. He's allowed two home runs in a game. He's always, he's been famous for not giving up home runs. So yeah, I'm sure that they want him to just get some things figured out in AAA and he'll be back. But yeah, it's, they don't, nobody's being given jobs here again. Certain players aren't being given jobs. There are certain players who still have jobs because of their, their contract situation. If right. they were, I said it before, you know, Jonathan Scope were not making $7 million this year or whatever, he would have been sent to AAA already. He would have been, he might not have made the team out of spring training based on his performance, but they're not just going to cut bait with a guy who's making a decent amount of money. But when guys who are and guys who can go down to the minors, they're going to send them down to the minors. Yeah, and and again, whether it's Fajardo or if it was bless you, that's what I you know. I was saying to you earlier today. I, I I'm convinced. I've convinced myself. Maybe I'm wrong. That had Tyler Nevin come up and actually performed to any reasonable level, that he may have taken Spencer Torkelson's place. I think Torkelson may have gone down to Toledo, but Nevin was uh, what did he go one for twenty five. It was just it, it didn't work out. Yeah. But we're seeing Abanez is getting far more playing time than Jonathan Scope is right now. Right? Yeah, because yeah, uh, Abanez has been performing. Able, yeah, he's performing. He's been hitting, and he could play multiple. He almost the same kind of actually play a little more. I think he could play one more position than Scope can. And what's interesting, too, in yesterday, so in extra innings, Spencer Wilson made a play where he threw it to third and got really heavy play. Yeah, and really. And one of the things people were caught, like, I, there were some people on Twitter saying that was a lucky play, but in reality, that was a really, I thought it was a smart play. Shows off. He did play third. He showed off his range. But was that fundamentally wrong, Chris? Am I missing something? Or people might say it's not worth the risk. He, he made the proper throw. I think it's a, good, it's a good baseball play if you get the guy out. Like, it's, it's not you airmailed the cutoff man or something that, that's just fundamentally wrong. You took a risk and it was a calculated risk and it worked out great. They're up by one run. You cut down the guy at third base so you don't have to pull the infield in. And if you get him, it's awesome. If you have a guy at first and third, there's not a huge difference, really. The, the, the run at the run at first, I guess, would be the go-ahead run. But, yeah, I, I, I was fine with it. I was, too. I thought it was a good, smart play, and it got the Tigers in a situation where they end up winning, and they almost did that today. They almost pulled it off today. And... There was something to Bruce and Bruce James. I'm glad you bring this up. Thank you for bringing this up. If Turmel's at Toledo for 23 days, his eligibility for free agency is delayed for a whole year. And that was something I did not even consider until I saw that. I saw something about that earlier today. And then Bruce reminded us in, in the chat there. And yeah, I, mean, so I, I think Eddie pointed out, I saw Eddie about Jake pointed out. I, Turnbull's already 30. Like, I suppose you can get another year of control for him, but it's not, he's not a young guy anymore. So anyway, it doesn't hurt, but I, I really do. I don't think this is about service time manipulation. That might be a slight bonus. I just, I honestly think this is, Hey, you got to get better. 
And and like I said, it doesn't apply unilaterally. I you can make a strong argument that Nick Maton doesn't really deserve to be on the big league team right now, given he's hitting what like one sixty. You made a couple key errors today, really mental one, just really yeah. simple stuff too. Yeah, so it, it's uh, I don't and we may see we may see what that happen. I I think right now they enjoy having basically just like five six super utility guys on the team. It allows Hinch to really play some stuff. It worked out well today. You saw him, he brought in McKinstry. So the Cardinals countered with their left-handed reliever. He got McKinstry out, I think, or he walked him. He walked McKinstry and then Rogers hit the grand slam, right? Hinch played that really well. That's what he likes to do. Obviously it didn't work out in the end because, uh, I don't know, Alexander threw eight pitches and then Engler could not, he just he didn't have any put away pitches today. So, you know, yeah, I thought yeah. he just looked gassed. It was just, it just looked one of those things where he just looked, I think the bullpen as a whole just looked gassed in general. Yeah, I think the, the Engler was like a 12-pitch battle with Contreras. They finally got him, and that was that was awesome. But they better came out and probably told him, like, hey, let's, here we go. Great job. I'm giving your breather. Roll up a double play. Let's get out of this. And so he threw a first-pitch sinker, and Donovan hit it 430 feet or whatever. Like, but, and then, then everything just went south from there. But I think you're right. It, it, they, they're playing a bunch of games. They got three more coming up without a break. Sometimes it's about when you play teams and, and you got to hope that the big league team can get some more innings out of their starters and uh, take the series at Cleveland. Yeah. And, and for, for the most part, though, the outside, the, the starting pitching, Matt Boyd looked, Matt Boyd looked okay. Overall, I, it was just one of those things where I think coming into the weekend, you knew the Tigers would be screwed. And somebody was asking about in the chat, whether or not, but what was the chat? There was a scope 0 for 60 with runners in scoring position. No way that's accurate. Yes, it is. Let's go to the let's right, go yeah, to the go. board. Huh? Uh, yeah, we can go check real quick. Yeah, no, yeah, I was gonna say I got I got it pulled up right here. Right. So right, yeah, right. I didn't I hadn't looked into that. Yeah, so right here. I don't know if you guys can see that, but uh, let's see here. Yeah, right there. Where is the score? Oh for fifteen or oh for thirteen. That was before today. Yeah. Yeah, with Minnow on, it's it's two for twenty two. It's some of that is small sample bad luck. But yeah, that yeah. That, that, that OPS plusing note. Yeah, you're not you're not getting you're not winning any favors if you're not gonna drive runs in. And that's uh so Alex asked, he said, Do you guys think Lipsius should get the call up anytime soon? I I don't think like you said, with with short up now, with Ibanez up now, with McKinstry, with Maton, I don't think they want or need any other kind of infield help, really. Right. Now, maybe if they want to replace short with Lipsius, I could see that. Short has a little bit more defensive versatility. But I think if they were to send somebody down and call somebody up, I think it would be a pitcher at this point. I don't know who, but I think they'd bring up another arm. Maybe Garrett Hill again, maybe Brendan White. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Brendan White. Brendan White didn't even get a chance to pitch that he didn't pitch at all, and his he was called up for the double header. Yeah. Personally, I would I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing him get some major league action. But for the most part, it's been essentially, as far as even like Parker Meadows or anything like that, people are going to ask. Same thing as numbers. If you look at some of his advanced numbers, they're not looking. They're they're looking better, but they're not call up yeah. numbers. No, he's not. He's not doing a whole lot of, of anything on offense, really. I think he was four for twenty-one this week with a triple, couple stolen bases. He's he's 
shredding water, but he's not even an above average AAA hitter right now. So he's a, he'll need some more time to get hot. We saw what he did in spring training. Yeah, he's got some talent, but things get real when the games get real, and so he's going to have to prove it at some point. We are going to be talking about the top twenty-five because we did re-release that, so we'll be talking about that probably towards the end of the podcast. As we it was May first, we did a relaunch of it, and we'll go over the the who's and why's and all that jazz in a little bit. But yeah, overall, like I said, Erie will now head to Iowa to take on the Cubs, and it looks like it's well needed in terms of pitching side of things. Nothing really stood out. Matt Whistler, three two thirds innings, two hits, five strikeouts, but everybody else was just eh. Yeah, it wasn't Whistler was stand out. Whistler was the only reliever uh, other than Jake Higginbotham who came up today and pitched one and one third scoreless. Whistler was the only pitcher to throw more than one inning and not give up a run this week. Everybody else got tagged for at least one run. Even Brendan White had a really strange week. It was like four innings pitched, seven strikeouts, no walks, but eight hits and, and two home runs. Yeah, Indianapolis just really brought their bats and, and took it to Toledo this week. So hopefully. Hopefully they can take it out on Iowa next week in front of you, possibly. Yeah, you, you. I definitely think Youp will be there. Knowing him, I know he'll he'll be there and here on the the wet hands. Or like last year, I think we saw him on television too. I think he was in the yeah, crowd. I absolutely, absolutely saw him yeah. where he was sitting. You could see him. It was funny. Hey, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, I think he was chilling, eating popcorn or something. I think you caught him in mid yeah. snack or something. Either popcorn or peanuts. One of the one of the. One of the yeah, two. it was funny. We pointed out. I don't. Although I don't know if you thought that was funny, but anyway. But either way, it was. It was a good. Again, nothing really to write home about in Toledo. Let's move on to Erie and Erie. Erie's Erie had a big week, and I'll because Tyler Montero went to was assigned to Erie, made a start, didn't pitch too bad, walked, had some issues with walking command, and then they activated Dylan Dingler from the IL, and Dylan Dingler had a week. Nine for 18, two home runs, two doubles, 500. And Chris, you, Chris Adamas, <laughs> you know, Sir Adamas here. We predict, I'll, I'll let you take the credit for this. I think Chris will say it here that he, there's, there might be a chance that Dylan Dingler might win another, or yeah. rack, rack up another award. I looked, I, I looked at that. There's a chance it would be the fourth for Erie this year after Workman, Cabrera, and, and Cruz. But, as, for as good as the week Dingler had, Ethan Wilson went 12 for 25 with three doubles and three home runs this week. So I'm thinking it's going to him. But if it doesn't go to him, it'll probably go to Dingler. So I give yeah, him that's strong big... odds to be number two. Uh, yeah, it's it's more hits in more games with more power. I think he'll he'll get it. But we'll see. But yeah, it, it was a good week offensively all around for, for most people. You got right there, Perez, nine for 18. I think he had a double, four walks and three strikeouts, I think. Yeah. On, on base a lot. Colt Keith, you got him there. Yeah, 7 for 26, a couple home runs, a couple doubles, just one walk and eight strikeouts. Teams are really seem to be t- getting, like, tempting him with high fastballs, it seems like. And he'll either miss them, pop them up, or stay off, but then be vulnerable to breaking balls in the dirt. So that seems to be something that he's going to have to make an adjustment to. But he's Colt Keith, so he still gets his hits. It's like Riley Green, right? Like, he can look awful, but he'll still get one or two hits a game just by poking the ball and finding some grass. That, that's the kind of hitter Cole Keith is. Yeah. And, and the reason why, I mean, like some of the, like I said, it was the, I'm find the home run now. And the reason why I wanted to mention that is because it was one of those things where to me, when it was, it was because he had a, he had a grand slam or not, he didn't have a grand slam. It was, it was a, 
I made a stupid joke about him participating uh-huh. in Denny's be- breakfast because he he had a home run. Game. Yeah, yeah, it was an early game. It was an 11 o'clock game. I think it was on Wednesday, I believe it was. And he just totally 100% demolished this thing. And he also had an opposite field home run this week that was, was just impressive. Yeah, Bowie seems like a fun place to hit. It's it's 309 down both lines. So it's it's pretty shallow in, in the corners. And I think Erie, Erie hit like a dozen home runs this week. Yeah, no, and in terms of even one differential for Erie, it's still kind of grim. I think they're minus 37. But there, there's a reason why I didn't mention it, just because, quite frankly, there wasn't really, you saw that Flores had a decent start, but he was laboring through, and Tyler, or excuse me, Ty Madden. Yep. Both both Madden and Flores have just been mid-length at best since Flores for most of the year in Madden in every outing since his dominant first outing. They they just aren't I don't know. I don't know what it is. Their their velocity is down a little bit. They're not they're just not dominating the way they have shown in the past. And and I don't know like I said, I don't know why. Maybe they're getting tired. Maybe they didn't ramp up properly. Maybe it's just who they are. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a little bit disappointing, but for the most part, the starting has been fine for most of the year. It's been the bullpen that is, for whatever reason, is just getting demolished. And they they got Brent Herter had one very nice start this week and one rough start this week. And the rough start was today. He gave up two three run homers, and it's his overall numbers in the season are still really good. I think it's like a two four five ERA in twenty five innings. He's been pitching really well, but what you saw today. Is our concern with him, I guess, why, why it's tough to project him as a starter in the big leagues. He's got some deception. He's got pretty solid command. He just doesn't have the blow away stuff that is going to get guys. And, and so today, basically second time through the order, they just started bombing on him. And it's, it's tough for anybody to face a team twice in six days. But yeah, I just, I don't know if he's a guy who's going to be able to survive getting through an order two or three times a bunch. But I do think he'll be a useful kind of swingman reliever down the road who may eventually get some starts. Kind of a Tyler Alexander with a little more funk. Yeah, I could, I could totally see that too because if, it, if his location's on, he's pretty effective. But there's a question in our chat from Shawn Michael is if Dingler, Dingler continues to hit a head of that change the catcher plans. To be honest with you, until, you know what, I'm not going to declare, I'm, I want to see this for a month. If he continues yeah. to just, I want to wait a month. I don't want to make a declaration. If if he does continue, like if we're going to make a, a hypothetical situation here, I think it would force the Tigers to think about it in the sense of maybe possibly you got to see what he does at the major league level too, because you can't just annoy him right away. As we can, as you said earlier, showing the stats of that transition until I see a comfortable transition from the minors to the majors. It's just, to, to, to me, I think that the Tigers right now are really going to go with much veteran catching prowess as they can. Until they, if Dingler came up and just absolutely destroyed, great. But, again, this is, we're talking, like, we're talking a little bit of time here before we see say anything like that. Yeah, and, and we've actually seen Dingler perform like this in AA before. His, yeah. his, his very first trip to AA, when he came up from high A two years ago, his first couple of weeks were awesome. I think he was at Akron. He was hitting for power, hitting for average, and then it's just off a cliff. 
And it's been really up and down for him ever since then. He had, what does he had a hot May last year, but then really struggled again. And it's, yeah, we just need to see more consistency from Dingler. We know he's capable uh, of, he's got plenty of power. He's got some hitting ability. The defense is going to be, I don't know, if, if, if this continues, like you said, for another two months, then I think that, yeah, you're, you're looking at him as potentially your starting catcher in a year or two. And uh, probably Rogers, the backup, and Haas, I don't know, move, moving on or more outfield. But yeah, we just need that. We need more time to, to, he's just, this is his basically third year in double A. So I'd like to see him dominate double A for two months and then get up to triple A and keep, keep hitting. Yeah. Cause I think if he forces the issue at triple A, that you could see one of the veteran catchers maybe go elsewhere, yeah. make room for him. But, Again, until, I, I don't know, I would like to just see just a whole month of this him just r- raking the ball and tearing it up a little bit more before he goes up to Toledo. But again, even one of, one of the things too about Dingler too is that in terms of you mentioning how streaky he is too, defensively, it was a night and day change from him because Crouch got sent down to West Michigan and I thought he was calling a better game throughout the week. Yeah, I think that, the Dingler does a lot of the things that catcher that you want. I think he, he's a pretty good framer. Like he works really well with the pitchers, calls a good game. He's got a very strong arm. Crutch has a strong arm too. But and Dingler is a solid, he's a better, he's not like good major league level blocking. I think he's okay. I think it's probably his weakest part, the weakest part of his catching game, but it's better than Crouch. At that and and so yeah, I mean it was it was a defensive upgrade for him and an offensive upgrade. Crouch just seemed to be in over his head at the plate, which still shocks me. But and the defense was an upgrade, so it was a no brainer for Erie. And yeah, I don't know, I it, like it's what you want to see from Dingler, right? He, he came up and just kept hitting, which is great to see. Yeah, and they and they definitely needed Erie needed a good week, despite it's just going again. Bowie taking advantage of the right field fence, and and. Bowie's got some pretty good prospects too. This is not a. This is not a. You know, the Bay Sox have Kieran Hurts. That they got. They have a. What was that shortstop's name too? They have. A, they have a couple infielders too. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to block, trying to blank right now. But. They have Prieto. They had Kobe Mayo who got kicked kicked out of the game today. I, I don't know how they got Anthony Servideo, who I wanted a couple of years ago in the draft instead of Trey Cruz, but I, I think he's that hasn't worked out all that well in pro ball. The guy who was pitching today is considered one of their top twenty prospects, Chase McDermott. He was carving them up for five, six innings. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a talented farm system with, with some good players in there. And I don't know, it's, it's, they were, had some pretty good rivalry last year. Some of those guys stayed around, some of them moved up, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good week for Erie, I think, in general, but four and two, right? Yeah, four and two. Yeah. And they're, but they're still under 500 and they're still, like I said, as they mentioned, they, they just really weren't. Again, the bullpen, Erie's bullpen wasn't bad too. Wolf had scoreless, I think he tossed four scoreless innings this week, and he definitely needed that. But Montero, Montero showed some good stuff. But like I said, it was just maybe nerves or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I think it was a pretty typical, I think, start from somebody who's jumping up a level. So what it was, he went like four and a third. What was it? Five? Five runs? Five. Yeah. And by the way, all the minor league pitchers now can go five or more innings. Yeah. Five hits, four runs, five walks. And so that what tells me he, he's not a guy who's that wild generally. That tells me he was sometimes guys jump up a level and they give the hitters a bit too much credit, right? They nibble a little bit too much. 
to try to get him chased too much. And that may just be something that Montero needs a couple starts to shake off to, to trust his own stuff and, and get more outs in the zone. But it's pretty typical and, and it's nice to see that him get called up. And he's, he's just like a month or two shy of his 23rd birthday. So he's still pretty young and pretty promising, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. And also another thing just worth mentioning is just, it was strange to see Gage Workman, who's been, it was a couple of weeks ago, he was on fire. And all of a sudden, he's been cooled off, and he only made his first start this week, or today, rather. He only made his, yeah. his first start of the week, so they've been given a lot of time to... Uh, Lily Santana. Yeah, Santana, and just been trying everybody else out there, yeah. Trey Cruz has been playing. Yeah, I mean, what did we say earlier? This is this is the Scott Harris regime. Perform, or you're not playing. Yeah. And it's at every level. So, yeah, I, 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 it's tough to perform when you're not playing, but... To Workman's credit, so he didn't play the first five games of the series. Came in today, he hit a home run in his first at bat. Came up later with the bases loaded and hit a sack fly to deep center. So you like to see that, but yeah, it's 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 the sort of thing you've got to play your way out of. You can't you can't be going a whole week with one hit. That's just not going to cut it. No. And by the way, somebody asked a bird ball four sixty three in our chat. Does Dinkler have any other secondary positions? He did play center field in college. But I don't know if he's going to be. Yeah, I I don't think he's played anything other than catcher in in pro ball. He's athletic Maybe. enough, but yeah, he's he's a very good athlete for a catcher. Not quite like JT Romuto level, but a, a plus athlete for a catcher, and probably would be okay in a, an outfield corner or at first base. You want him at catcher because he's got all the tools to be an above average defensive catcher. So you just keep him there and not mess around. Yeah. So we move on to West Michigan, who also they also had a good week. They were four and two against. Beloit, and they come home for their rival rivalry series against Lansing. We'll be out there uh, on Saturday and Sunday. And overall for the week, Danny Soretti looking very comfortable out there. Two in air, two home runs, five RBIs. Josh Crouch pretty comfortable back in West Michigan. Roberto Campos I played at the beginning of the show. He had a really good defensive catch earlier. Had the home run, and Carlos Pena, who was Named the Midwestern League Pitcher of the Month for the month of April. Again, this is this is some good stuff right here. Four innings, five hits, two earned runs, and eight strikeouts. Tyler Manson also had a pretty good week as well. And that's not even indicative of the, the rest of the... Uh, Wilco Hernandez also had a good week. Five innings, one hit. He hit a batter and struck out six. And Trevor Michael, who came up from Lakeland, the, the veteran reliever. Three innings, two hits, and... Five strikeouts, and I was trying to think of somebody else. Oh, who was the guy? Oh, uh, pitcher, or I was trying to think of a pitcher. I was, I was thinking of another pitcher. Oh, uh, I was talking about uh, Will Andrew Monero, who he had an okay week too, as well. But he made his first start in, in high A, Will Andrew Moreno, yeah. because Montero came up to double A, so they needed to start. And yeah, it was what four scoreless, I think. Four yeah, five hits, four strikeouts. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know if you're going to count on him to be a starter long term, but. It helped. He pitched all right. Yeah, it it's a good week for West Michigan. They they also went four and two, didn't they? Yes, they did. They yep. They they yeah. over Beloit. Yeah, I, we talk about it. Danny Soretti to me is getting to that point of being like, okay, he's dominating this league. You, you got to move him up. It's it's for him. Okay, is he going to play every day in Erie? I don't know, but maybe maybe he will. They or maybe they sign Luis Santana because they don't actually think Soretti's as good as as we might. But he's really just performing. He's a guy, I, I want to say, 
He only put in, let's see, I, I had it down. Yeah. So nine for 19, two walks and one strikeout. He just, he doesn't swing and miss very much. He's putting the ball in play and finding grass. I think he had a home run from each side of the plate this week. I think he's probably ready for double A. We thought he, he could get to double A to start the year because he made it to double A at the end of last year. So kind of reminds me, he reminds me as a player of, of, of Andre Lipsius. And it reminds me of a couple of years back when Lipsius started back in West Michigan and moved up to double A pretty quickly. I think he was one of the first guys to go up in, in 2021. West Michigan. But uh, yeah, so here's Soretti's home runs with the Ed Grimley stamp. I think maybe this was a bomb. It's a parking lot. Yeah. Oh, man. But as far as Soretti goes, I think one of the things that you know, I, was, I was talking to Mark about this, Mark Rush, who was like, he wasn't sure if Soretti was going to be anything. But I said he performed last year. He got the double A pretty quickly right after the draft ended. And that doesn't happen very often among Tiger, pro, Tiger draft picks at all. And he moved pretty quickly, especially because his organization seemed sometimes to be at least in my opinion, slow to move anybody up. And him to make that kind of progress pretty quickly was pretty outstanding. But yeah, it, it's, it's, it, he's a guy, it just looks funny that those high hands, it just looks like he's going to get beat by velocity or breaking balls low. And then he just doesn't, but it's high A and, and there's a big gap between high A and double A. But like I said, I think he's probably pretty close to being able to give double A a shot more close than some of the other guys that, that from his draft class. Yeah, and for Pena, that was another example of Pena's also an older prospect, but to be fair, he didn't, we mentioned this before, he didn't get started until later in his pitching career. So West Michigan's rotation is probably, arguably, probably the best of the four affiliates right now. They just seem to have everything working for them. And even with the, bull, the bullpen's still shaky at best, but still, th this is a team at 16 and 11, and I think they're a game back of the Great Lakes Loons in the Midwest League. So as a as a collective, even with like guys like, for example, in terms of Jace Young this week, hit 190. Isaac Pacheco hit 158. So he was struggling a little bit. Does he have the pitching pick up for him? This is a team that can have that can have that happen for him, Chris. And and I, you can't really say that about any of the other teams in the in the organization. But yeah, it's it's odd because they're really with with Montero gone. There's not much in the way of, of prospect talent pitching in West Michigan. They're just a bunch of guys who, who are getting outs. And I talked about it before, Erie, it's, it's reminiscent of Erie last year. Erie had some prospects over the course of the year, especially toward the end when a lot of guys got promoted. They had Olsen all year. They just pitched well all year. And this year, the Tigers took the pitching coach from Erie, Dan Rickleball, and sent him down to West Michigan. And they looked like Erie to last year. And I don't want to give way too much credit to the one pitching coach, but I feel like there might be some slight connection there where these guys are just pitching really well. I said Pena, 24, he's not lighting up the radar gun by any means. He might touch 90 once or twice a game, but he knows how to pitch. O'Loughlin is out there getting, his outings are always like three and two thirds or four and a third with four hits and two runs, but he's given them innings. Mokel has been pitching well. He had a really nice start this week with five scoreless with six strikeouts, I think. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're getting outs and the offense, I think it helps to have kind of an older offense. You know, we might be talking about Soretti. Chris Myers had a good week in limited action. Justice Bigby has been hitting fairly well. He didn't have a great week this week, but, and, and Steel Walker, he's probably he's supposed to be a triple A. He went nine for 25 this week. I don't know when he's going to finally end his, his rehab assignment in high A, but he's a triple A player. He was in the major last year. So 
they're, I think they're getting over with a little bit of age there, but, but the young guys are, are playing well too. And, and well, at least you said Pacheco struggled and Campos's numbers don't look super impressive five for 20, but uh, we had somebody ask us how he's looking, you know, it, and he said, basically he's, he's, he is far more advanced than I, I expected. You, you don't really see it in the walks and strikeouts for he's not like walking a ton. But but it's because he's super aggressive in the zone. And you made the connection to, to Colt Keith. Yeah. And it really does remind me of that. He's a guy that he's getting strikes. He's swinging it and, and putting out, swinging at them and hitting it hard. And so today he went one for six. He saw 22 pitches and six at-bats, which sounds bad, except he hit a home run. And at least four of the other balls were hit hard. The guy made a sliding catch in the outfield. He, he hit a ground ball right to the shift for a double play. He just, he's hitting the ball hard and not getting rewarded for it as much. But. I've been very impressed with him where you, you can contrast it with Jace Young, who didn't have necessarily a great week, but he saw, what did I have? He saw 26 pitches today in five at-bats, but had more swinging strikes than, than Campos did. He swung through, Campos had two swinging strikes and six at-bats. Young had four. Neither of them are, are awful, but I'm just saying, he's not missing strikes when he gets them. Yeah. Campos, that is. And that's where I think the reason why I, I was looking at his numbers and I just, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at Cole Key for a moment, about the same period of time. And he was actually, sl he's slugging at a higher percentage than Cole, Cole Keith did. So I don't think he's talked about enough. I'm sure Lynn Henning will probably do a piece here shortly and then say he's known all along. I'm not sure. But either way, it was, I, I think to give the guys due for his age, able to adjust into a, in a climate he's never played before either. I thought that was important to mention that he had a really good month and, and that sometimes you look at the numbers and if you're looking at he's batting 260, but then you look at the WRC plus, if he's good, to how he's doing defensively, those kind of things, and they throw batting average out the window. Not all the time. No, yeah, it's sometimes batting average tells you some important stats with him. It's, it's eventually I think he's going to be hitting even better. I just think right now it's it's a, he needs to, to take one more step up with the plate discipline, and that is to lay off pitches that he can hit hard in, in favor of pitches that he can destroy, which is, that's what turns you from a, a good hitter to a great hitter. And he might not ever get there, but that's really the only thing he needs to do, which is remarkable for a guy who's not yet 20. Like I said, he, he, he might be, outside of Serenity, I think he's probably the best hitter in that lineup right now, which is wild to say. Um, it, it Pacheco, unfortunately, I thought the same thing about Pacheco about three weeks ago. And since then he's looked just lost, keeps lunging at breaking balls and swinging through fastballs. And, and I don't really know what to make of it other than he's just fighting it right now, but he's still playing pretty solid defense and Campos continues to play good defense in center field, which is again, something I wasn't expecting. It was like, he's a corner outfielder. He looks like a legit center fielder right now, which is wild. Yeah. He, his closing speed on that catch from earlier was pretty good. Yeah. And. Pacheco tried dyeing his hair. He tried he's changed his number. So he's trying he's trying everything. And yeah. I'll give him a lot of props for that because baseball players, as you may or may not know, they were superstitious. So again, he made a really good defensively, he's been solid. So there is that. But yeah, you want to see the bat come around a little bit. And so hopefully against Lansing, that series is always fun when they play Lansing, whether it's in Lansing or at West Michigan. We get to see Jesse and really Dan have an element. They play off each other pretty well, so. Mm -hmm. But uh, go ahead, Chris. Oh no, yeah, it, oh. it's fun that they're playing. They're playing Lansing this week, and then they're playing first place Great Lakes at, at Great Lakes next week. 
or the following week. So it's staying in the state for a little while after a 12 game roadie. It's good for them. And uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. We'll, we'll probably get out to some games. Yeah, I'm going to probably definitely go out to Midland. I went out, out there already. I went for Midland and South Bend a couple of weeks back. And that was, that's a, that's a really good team. And they came back from South, South Bend was up like five, nothing. And they came back and made it a ball game. So I also, I want, before I forget, I want to apologize to Stan, who I was going to meet him up at the Tigers game, but work and all these different circumstances. I know he's not, usually he's in the chat tonight. I don't see him in there. So I apologize. But if you're listening, Stan, my apologies to you, but I didn't want to forget that. Moving on to Lakeland and Lakeland did not have a good week at all. They were 0-6 against Clearwater. A couple like what Chris mentioned earlier, some one-run losses, but IL wise too. Here's Eduardo Ibarro, who I was just talking about last week, was on the IL. Chris Williams Jr., who got lit up in his last start, also hit the IL. Eduardo Gonzalez was signed to Lakeland. But as far as oh, so somebody asked in the chat, Sergio wants to know is Benitez a legitimate prospect? Nah, I don't think so. I, I think that as much as it hurts me to say because he's a Cuban and I'm, as a fellow Cuban, what have you, but he's too old for what he's doing right now. And I think that last year when he was up in West Michigan, he really struggled a little bit. But he could be, it could change. I don't know. Maybe he could be on the radar, but I haven't seen him in person yet. Outside, We will get a chance to see him this week because they do play Bradenton mm-hmm. on the road. So we'll get the chance to see that. But I, I don't think right now he is. Yeah, he's he's just a little bit advanced for that level. He's he's a quality player with with some fringy tools, but yeah, it, I think Carlos Pellegrin was actually more physically gifted than Benitez. But Benitez is, is playing well, and they certainly need that. He had a, he had a good week. Yeah, but then even Manuel Sequeira, who actually walked a couple times this week. Hey, <laughs> hey, listen, I know that sounds like making a backhanded compliment, but I'm not. It's it's just good to see because this guy hasn't walked. But he continues to hit. Sequeira's having a pretty good start to the season. And after Santana got his numbers up last week, Santana, not a good week at all. And then he, and then he got injured. We don't know exactly what happened, but he, he, he left after his first at-bat. I think it was a, a strikeout, actually, and then left the game and didn't play today. That's unfortunate timing because we just saw him a couple weeks ago against St. Lucie and looked really bad. But... Yeah. Superstitions did definitely do not do a league of your own and not change your socks for weeks. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I was hoping that we might see Santana make some adjustments and look better this week, but we might not see him at all, unfortunately. We'll find out if maybe it's a minor injury or what. But uh, yes, Sakara, Sakara's been picking it up a little bit. You mentioned the two, the two lefties in the rotation both got hurt. That's not great. I don't know. They may end up moving some of the, like Max Alba or Garrett Epker or some of the guys who've been pitching out of the bullpen or Cam Brown, they may move them into the starting rotation or something like that. But it's, you never want to lose multiple pitchers in one week at any level. That's not great. But let me, I, I want to break down for people who, who didn't follow this. They went 0 for 6 this week, but, but I just want to explain how heartbreaking it was. So on Tuesday, they're up 5 to 4 and they gave up two runs in the eighth and lost 6 to 5. Wednesday was a blowout loss. It was just ugly. Thursday, they lost three to two on a walk off in the tenth. Friday they were up five to three in the ninth and lost six to five. Saturday they were down five to two. They scored three runs in the eighth to tie it, then lost six to five in the tenth. And today they were up seven to six in the ninth and lost eight to seven. Just they couldn't close out a game to save their lives. They could they could have gone five and one this week, but instead went 
0-6. Just brutal. Yeah, it was one of those things, too, especially for a team like Lakeland, who's got a, a lot of young guys in there. Complex, by the way, Mitch wants to know if Complex League's started yet. They start, I believe, next month. Yeah, usually first or second week of June. Yeah, yeah, they haven't announced the schedules yet, but usually that was the case. That was has been the case recently. But no, it was another another interesting thing about Lakeland this week is they. So I noticed a a pitcher by the name of Eker Uzi. I hope I'm saying that right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah. He was originally with the Mets and then he was with the Twins. And then he just, he was all in, all in, this is all in Dominican Summer League. And then the Tigers come out of nowhere. The Tigers announced they signed him to a contract and then he got assigned to Lakeland. And yeah, he went out there and pitched. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see him this week. But that was out of nowhere. It is a kind of a fun last name, H-U-I-Z-I. Iker, who is he? <laughs> but looks like, yeah, it looks like he was released by the Twins in 2021 and signed as a free agent with the Tigers in May of 2022. And this is the first time he's pitched in the organization yeah. this year. So maybe he was injured and they signed him. They, they liked him when he was healthy. I don't know. But Iker, who is he? Got to dig it. Not good. <laughs> But yeah, like the pitching, you have Troy Melton up there. Troy Melton is a guy we'll talk about in a little bit too, I think. It seems like he he might be moving on eventually before too long. But yeah, I don't know, man. The Lakeland team as a whole is just kind of barren in terms of prospects. Really, uh, we got Sakara there, but just a lot of guys. A lot of guys. Some guys, they're vaguely interesting at times. Ibarra was interesting, we thought, because he's young and he's lefty and maybe he can grow a little bit. Carlos Marcano is young. We thought he was interesting. He got beat up today. Ulysses Campos looks like a potential fun reliever. He's been getting beat up. Marco Jimenez, potential fun reliever, getting beat up. It's just, yeah, it's a lot of, boy, if this guy could only do this and this, he might be interesting. It's 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 rough. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means for next year's West Michigan team. But I think that it's going to be filled with a lot of draft picks from this year, probably. Yeah. I was trying to figure about debating whether or not when to go to when to go to Lakeland this year to figure out exactly when Lakeland will be the most interesting. And it sounds pretentious, but it just the, the fact is is that some of the a lot of those guys have seen down there. But in terms of some of the pitchers, no, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that my goal was that we head down there right after the draft and that whoever they pick at three is good enough that they can start in Lakeland. But who knows? Yeah, no, I, I think that would, I think that's probably a, a solid guess. I just, I had hoped that some of the guys who they drafted last year from the pitchers in the later rounds would be performing down there. And honestly, really some of the hitters, Peyton Graham hasn't been good. Luke Gold hasn't been good. They just, they, they really haven't had performances from those guys. It's still early in the season, early May. Got to give these guys till. July, at least, before you start to get really worried. But I thought maybe some of the Quinn Goditas and Patrick Bridgeton and Cole Patton, who was the one dude that I wanted to see? I think this is like my breakout. And then he's hurt, so he hasn't even pitched. I've gone and forgotten his name, but kid from Liberty. It just none of those guys have really stepped up. So it's, it's, uh, we're not watching Lakeland really, but it seems like it's probably a tough watch. I have to ask Sherry and Terry. Yeah. I, I know that Sherry's expressed that it's not, it's not been exactly a picnic down there, if you will. Yeah. 
but yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's like where they're at right now. That essentially, that's the state of things. But yeah, as we said, we we foreshadowed before. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to talk about with Lakeland or any other team. Nah, again, Tigers do start a three game series with Cleveland starting tomorrow, and then they come home first against Seattle later in the week. So I'll be down there for that and hopefully get some that. But on further ado, Chris, let's talk about this top twenty five. Yeah, so we we some some people who do prospect lists update them every month. Some people update them as graduation happens. Some people don't update them at all for a whole year or wait until after the draft or whatever. We figured we might as well do one for May. We may do one every month. I don't know. We'll see. But in our case, we made the original list in November slash December, and I think added in a couple names, Justin Henry Malloy after they traded for him. So it felt like it was time for an update based on spring training, based on the first month of games and, and what we've seen in our live looks. And just a couple of people we we decided to pull out for various reasons. The, the, I think we, we dropped five people from the list. Joey Wentz, because he graduated, and we decided that Englert and Kreidler, I think they're technically still prospects or rookies, if you will, whatever. But we decided to drop them because that's probably going to be gone soon enough. And, uh, Jose De La Cruz and Elvis Alvarado both fell out, uh, unfortunately, because just kind of they're injured. So they, they didn't have it done much. And it just felt like we needed to get some new names in there. So those are the names. I don't think any of that is, is like crazy controversial. You could, you could argue that we should have kept the guys who are still eligible in there, but who, you know, people who are reading that have seen these guys in the big leagues now. They know what England is. They know they've got a decent idea what Kreidler is. So we just thought it would be fun to add new names. So we added five new names. And, and not necessarily like super new. So we talked about, talked about some of the, 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 we talked about some of the names we added, like Manuel Sequeira. We mentioned Troy Melton, Brendan White, Kyder Montero, Garrett Burhan is the other one. Those are the five guys we added. Burhan, I think is 25th right now. And I don't know. It's tough. He, he is pitching fairly well in high A when I went and saw him in Lansing. And it's mostly, a, he's a sinker baller at like 91, 95. He's got a pretty good changeup and a slider that will flash. It's nothing special in my head. I think he might actually be a pretty good reliever. He just he's a reliever's delivery as it is. He's got like an arm stab and then just a lot of lot of post release movement or post release movement. But I feel like he might throw a couple notches harder. I remember in the draft report like he'd been up to ninety nine in, in at Ohio State. So I feel like maybe put him in the bullpen as a sinker slider guy. He's throwing harder, and he might have something there. But this is it's indicative of the the relative shallowness of the system, right? Like, I, I don't mean to be mean or anything like that, but this is a guy who's a potential reliever that we're having as the 25th prospect in the system. And then the other guy, I think, 24th is Melton. Does that seem right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's right. So Melton's another guy. He was their fourth rounder last year. Big arm. Up to the upper 90s, basically in every outing. Sitting mid-90s, we'll touch 98 up to 99 flash the other pitches, but none of them are terribly consistent, but he's a big, strong kid, like six, four looks like a potential workhorse. I've made the comparison to Ryan Perry a couple of times, like a guy like this used to get drafted in the first round because he threw so hard, but I think teams are a little bit smarter now about that. And so there's, there's some ingredients there. I just, I don't, I don't really know what to make of him just yet, but I do think we'll see him get promoted to West Michigan before too long. Yeah, he's just he's too like physically gifted to be spending too much time in in low A. And then the other guy we we put in the the back end of the top twenty five was Manuel Sakura. 
And I don't know if you want to talk about him, Raj, since you, you've, you've been, you've been a little bit higher on him than me. We both had him in our top 25s, but you had him a little bit higher. Yeah. And the reason why I've been a little bit higher on him is because I just feel like there is a, a guy there who he led the Florida state league in home runs. I know that it's like not, it's not saying a lot. Or I'm not saying that it sounds what I'm trying to say is bad, but I think there's something to there. I, I know that he needs to walk a little bit more, but he, this is his second year. Is this his third year in Lakeland? I think it's his second year. Yeah. Second year. It's second year in Lakeland. And I, I don't know. Like I just, to me, he has a body, he has a good baseball body, if you will, just a huge presence. But at the same time, I think that he might top out at double A, maybe triple A. But for now, I, I know I just believe in that bad. I think that there's something to be there when you see Santana regressing a little bit. That's just it, it, you know, gives you pause. So I'm just gonna, at this point with the Tigers, you're hoping that, and it sounds like hope. And I'm not trying to say it's all hope, rather, but I don't. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him, and I just think there's some there's something there that can be worked on. Yeah. Anytime you see a guy, it's, it's rare power for anybody in the tiger system. At this age, he'll be 20 all year. He doesn't turn 21 until the end of September. Now they, they moved him out of the infield. Basically. I think it's to Santana and Graham and gold and some of the other guys in the team that they just, all right, we'll throw him in left field. So he can play mostly left field this year. But the one thing he's doing is he's hitting for better average. And I think part of that is. It, it's not like we talked about with compost a little bit. It's, it's not a traditional sort of plate discipline thing, but I think he's doing a better job of picking out balls that he can get for hits because he's a guy who's had plus bat to ball skills. That's why he doesn't walk very much. He can hit basically everything. The Tigers have had an army of guys like that over the last 10 years, right? Up, up in every level, these guys who are just super aggressive because they can hit the ball. And what you end up doing is, is a lot of detrimental, you know, weak ground balls and pop flies and things like that. So if he's hitting, hitting for a higher average, that's encouraging to me. Still, like you said, he's still not walking a ton, but he walked a little bit. Power's starting to show up. Average is up. I think, I think you're right. I think he's one of the more interesting young bats in the, in the system. You have to do a lot of projection, but he's still young and, and very limited in his experience. He's the same international class as, as Roberto Campos. And so he missed the complex league or missed the... Dominican Summer League came right. straight up for the Complex League, like like Campos did. So there may be a bit of a learning curve there, but yeah, I think he's he's an interesting bat and a guy to keep an eye on. the The other two guys who jumped in the system or jumped in our top twenty five, Brendan White jumped from out of it to I think all the way up to fifteenth. And that I think part of that is just a a reflection I think of uh, maybe our, our our lack of excitement about the bottom ten of the system, if you will. And and also, I think there's a little bit of, we didn't have White in our top 25 before. We we had Alvarado, 25th, and they were both pitching in double-A last year. They both looked good in double-A last year. White wasn't throwing quite as hard as Alvarado, but he had the much better secondary pitch, right? Alvarado was just trying to find something. Alvarado's been hurt, and White got added to the 40-man. So that kind of showed us, right? The Tigers believe he's a prospect or a potential big leaguer. So I think we, we added him to the system based, a lot of it's that, right? Just, okay, the Tigers believe in him, so we probably should too. And, and we see him, he pitches well. It's, it's just it's a two-pitch reliever look. And I, I have, I'm fairly confident when he gets to the big leagues that they'll figure out a way to, to make him at least moderately successful. 
but it might be like 70% sliders. If there's a, if there's one thing that it, if there's eventually what they could do with something like that is just make them into a one pitch machine, then I'm fine with it to get some use out of it. Yeah. Matt Whistler basically has been there in the big leagues the last couple of years. He's, he's in AAA right now with the Tigers, but it's, it's like a 2,800, 2,900 RPM slider that that's, has some good sweep to it. And it's not like he's throwing a nothing fastball. It's the mid nineties. So. There's a useful arm there. And so we threw him in because that's the state of the system right now. And then the, the biggest jumper, at least of the guys we added was, was Cater Montero, who I saw live in Lansing a couple weeks ago. I actually just put that video up on our YouTube channel. You can see it. It's from behind home plate and that's in 4k. Nice. And then he actually got roughed up a little bit in that game, but he didn't get terribly helped out by his defense and he hung some breaking balls. But then after that, he had two lights out parts. But it was like eight innings and 15 strikeouts, no runs. and got promoted to double A. And it's, he's, he's got a really good arm. Sits like 92, 95. We'll get up to 97. Has a 3000 RPM breaking ball. We've seen it live a couple times. He doesn't always locate it very well, but he's got all the pitches too. He's got a change up. He's got, he's got basically two breaking balls. He's got a two seamer. He's got a four seamer. He's just a, a guy with a little bit of a relievery finish to his delivery. Shorter stockier but he's been pitching really well and he's got the starters arsenal so we're like you know what the hell this is this is a pretty good arm the tigers seem to believe in him so we're gonna throw him in the middle of our list he's i think probably our fourth ranked starting pitcher in the system now behind joe flores and madden does that that seem right yeah that's yeah let's see here eight so What's the yeah, they, that, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can argue he's been pitching better than any starter in the system other than like Carlos Pena. But as we said, Carlos Pena is fastballs about eight miles an hour slower than Montero's. So, yeah, we, we thought we'd add him. So those are the names we added and the names that fell out. And we could, I also put on the list like the biggest fallers and risers. We want to touch on that. I do want to touch on that because we did differ on, there was a couple, I had Joe down to, all the way down to number 10 and mm -hmm. I held it against him because he was injured, but also because lack of, I, I don't know, like it's, I don't know. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I think I dropped him or, but yeah, he fell. What did he fall? Three spots, four spots overall on our list. Fell on the countdown. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough to lose this development. And what, what's a bummer is that PJ Hinch came out and he had a quote that said, Hey, he was doing everything we wanted him to do. He was looking the way we wanted him to encouraging. And then to go down with this injury and it's, I don't know, our backs important to pitching, probably, probably pretty important. And he's a guy who was really green anyway, right? He had made some strides last year and he's got a, he's got a wonderful arm. We saw it in person. He's just learning how to pitch. I compared him to Montero, really. They've got similar stuff and similar experience. But to lose that development, it was so badly needed for him this year. It's tough. It's tough to, until he gets out there in the mound again and, and proves that he's healthy and, and pitches well, it's tough to keep him as your number one, two, or three prospect in the system. So that's why he fell a little bit. We had Josh Crouch and, and Peyton Graham both fell three spots. Part of that is some of the guys coming in. Part of it is Josh Crouch. We talked about just really did not look good. Double A, just, just 
I think he hit 170. Wasn't looking great on defense. It was, it was unfortunate. And Peyton Graham, same thing, hasn't been hitting in low A, which you'd like to see a college bat do more than hit. He's another guy who's hitting, I think, 170, 180. And maybe he's just making the adjustment to pro ball, but we're basing this off the first month of results. So if he improves, we'll add him or we'll move him up next time. But the, uh, the biggest faller, we had Workman down four spots too, again, because it's just, it's just more of the same with Gage Workman. When he hits the ball, it's great. When he doesn't hit the ball, he's not doing anything. And it's, you get a little prospect fatigue there with him, right? It's, it's just been too much of the same thing for too long. But the biggest faller was Christian Santana, who dropped seven spots, I think. And this was one where I think I dropped him more than you did. Part of that was me, you could say, overreacting to how bad he looked against the St. Lucie where he went like one for 30 or whatever. He was in like a one for 36 slump. But some of that was led to me just, just looking at the way he was approaching his plate appearances made me really worry about what he did last year or, or think that maybe we overreacted a bit too much to the WRC plus last year, which was walk driven and power driven and not focus enough on him hitting 215. Yeah. And we thought, okay, he's an 18 year old, right? He's super young. That's fine. Well, he'll get better this year, but, but instead so far, what we've seen this year is, is what led to the 215 is still there and it's, it's a swing that is way too uphill. It's just nothing but pop-ups from him this year. And so that's discouraging. And I, I've never really thought he was a shortstop. I think he's a second baseman. So you gotta, you gotta hit. And he just hasn't yet. And not even what concerns me too, is the fact that it's, he looks just, I, I may, it might be between the years too. I, I don't know, but he's just, he's been way too aggressive at the plate. Yeah, it's just basically nothing going right this year. We thought he'd picked it up a little bit after the terrible week. And then, like you said, then it was down again and then he got hurt. Now, and we're not, he dropped from like fourth to 11. So we're not like, oh, he's not a prospect anymore. It's just, we're just going to need to see some more before yeah. we, we get super excited about this kid. And he's still very young, still plenty of time, but it's just like more of a pump the brakes, right? Okay, let's wait a little bit on here. Now, on the other hand, we have the risers. There are, we had five guys rise pretty well. Soretti moved up three spots. Herder moved up four spots. Part of that, again, is just the guys moving because other people fell out, right? They've been performing well, so you give them a bump as needed. Parker Meadows jumped up six spots to number two, which is interesting because he hasn't been performing terribly well in AAA this year. But a lot of that, I think, was based on how he looked in spring training. Just and it kind of, yeah, yeah, really driving the ball, hitting well, and, and just a reconsideration of the fact that he's a center fielder. And he's going to play quality center field defense at the major league level. That right there gives you a pretty substantial floor if you hit a little bit. And he's not quite doing that right now, but we saw plenty of it in spring. We saw it in the Arizona Fall League a little bit. He's got, he picked up his fourth stolen base this year, so he's going to run a little bit. He's still, still a guy with 2020 ceiling playing center field defense in the big leagues. That's a, that's a very valuable player. I don't know if he'll get to that, but it just felt like that sort of potential should move him up on our list. So that's why he's, I believe he's number two now, right? Yeah, he's number two, yeah. Yeah, and then the biggest mover of all, Roberto Campos, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. But from 18th, we were a little bit skeptical on him before. Wanted to see it. Seen it in spades so far this year. I, I, he's been the most impressive player in the system to me so far this year. And that includes Justin Hermeloy, <laughs> Colt Keith, and those guys. I'm not saying he's a better than them, but the way he's performed and looked compared to my expectations, he's 
outshone anything like my wildest dreams, really. I, I did not expect this from a kid coming up north for the first time, playing in high A for the first time, playing center field most of the time, getting for this kind of power. And, and, and yeah, it's just really impressive. And you wrote the whole article about him. So do your thing. No, to me, Roberto Campos is a combination of speed, power, and I'm not, I'm not going to lose a player of tool. I'm not saying that because I think sometimes when people say that, they get caught up. He just has all the right tools. He doesn't look overwhelmed, and he's been able to handle the plate well. And when he is, he doesn't lounge at bad pitches. Every once in a while, they can just jam him inside. But I, I, I think for his age, again, he doesn't turn 20 till I believe in July. He's been able to handle everything. And he, even at center field, like he, he is, it's, it's his defense really, to me, if you look at him, he looks like a corner outfielder. And he, I mean, he, he, he's projected to be one. He's handled center field pretty well. And I, I, one of the things that I noticed about that is that for his size, he, he said he moved like a deer and he, he does. He's just, he's really quick out there. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't think you'll get a plus time from him running to first base. Like he's, he's not a speed burner, but I, it's definitely like average speed. And then on the hoof, it's plus speed. Like when he's, he's moving, he's got a handful of, not a handful, but he's got multiple triples, plenty of doubles this, this year. And, and like you said, he's been playing really good defense in center field. And these are not small center fields in the Midwest league. Yeah. The, the, the center field. Was it Michigan? Wasn't West Michigan have the biggest center field? Uh, it's bigger than Comerica's. I, I don't know if it's bigger than Comerica's, but it's it is it's very large. It's okay. it's it's I I I, I don't know. You very well could be. I think because I remember I think Casey told us that. And I think we were talking about that with some. I I know well, we had this conversation before. They're moving in the fences as part of the the ballpark renovation there because they don't think it's terribly fair. I think somebody somebody said that there's never been a big leaguer to hit a home run there. Like a rehabbing big leader has never hit a home run. At LMCU ballpark, wow! That's it's 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 an enormous field. You can pull the ball a little bit, but yeah, balls go to die in center field. So, yeah, he's playing that well, and just hitting the ball really hard consistently. And it's it's really fun to see. So I, I like we put him in our top five. We talked about it. Like if he keeps performing like this, this is a potential top one hundred prospect in baseball. Yeah, because it's all there right now. He might struggle a little bit, but in my mind, at He's, what he's shown so far, I just feel like he's just going to get better over the next couple of months. I completely agree with that. I just, to me, there's just, if you look at next guy, we're always trying to look for the next, I don't want to say the next prospect, just what you call it? The next dude. The next dude or anything, but you can't help but notice his performance. It's just a matter of, look at some of the other bats in West Michigan. We've been big, big fans of... Isaac Pacheco, there's Young's been hitting with power, but we just have to come, just keep coming back to Castro. I just think that Castro's done the Castro well. Campos has done a really good job of demonstrating all aspects of the game, what you like to see, and for his age, which is that's why to me it's exciting because the Tigers have a young group under 21 that's actually being productive. And that is a, a great, great sign. Again, this system this year has been not as predict. It's we expected another step forward from Warner Flores. We got really excited when we saw that time at his first start because it was like holy, holy bleep, it looked really mm -hmm. good. And then everything's just faded off. But Campos just goes every week, weekend, week out, and has been doing his thing. 
And that to me, it's just, that says something about not only his ability, but this, this, this our top five in general, Cole Keith has may, maybe has some bad weeks, but the, the bats, the quality at bats are really still there. Yeah, absolutely. And Cole Keith is a hitter. He's going to hit. He'll hit at every level. It may take him a while. It may, may struggle at times. He might not always hit for a ton of power and a ton of average at the same time, but he's going to hit. And that's why he's been our number one for a while. We just we really believe in the bat. He's playing decent third base, decent enough. We put together a super cut. He had an unusually busy day at third base in one of the games in, in Bowie. And the first five plays were all unorthodox plays. Like he had to go far in one direction or the other, strange hops. He, he made them all. And then he got a, a ball, went under his glove later, and he pulled the guy off the first base. But I think the first baseman was like 5'10". So I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway there. But yeah, with the keepers and the potential to play third and with compost, it's, yeah, we're starting to get that feeling about the bat. The best way I can say it is, is the numbers are good, but the looks are great. Right. And that's what, why we think that he's, the numbers are going to get better. Who knows? I can't see the future. Maybe the league will adjust to him. Maybe he'll start pressing, but I feel pretty good about Roberto Campos right now. I do too. And I, I, like I said, it's one of those things where I, I look forward to, going out there this weekend and just seeing what's going on and, and hopefully we'll get some better better looks i we've seen them what twice in person or it was just once so let's see well we went out i was out there on opening day we and and then did we go out we went out again on my ball tires through a rainstorm that was great and then i saw him a couple times in lansing so we've seen him five collectively like five times i think and yeah, just just looks looks good every time. the The first game we saw, he was getting the ball the other way, like consistently, just just finding some grass. And then now he's really starting to drive the ball and put it in the air, not towering fly balls, but he's really he's backspinning it to the gaps and just deep center. It's impressive. Like his home run today was probably three hundred ninety feet. I don't know. I didn't get a measurement on it, but he was deep left center into the the bullpen. Yeah, that's, I was just going to say the one of the things that I want and the podcast with really is that as far as this upcoming week goes with the affiliates and everything, one name I want to look at to or another name I want to look at to in Erie in terms of just from a, a standpoint of whether or not he is an injury update with Dylan Smith and some of the injuries that have been going on because the injuries have seemed a little earlier this year than normal. So I'm interested to see if we get any updates on that because it's been very vague with that. Yeah, Malloy, just for the record. Okay, so Malloy, I did some other deep digging and I'm, I'm trying to be, no problem, Sir Dusty. Thank you for participating. Thank you for listening. Against lefties, he's hitting 156. Who is this? This uh, is Malloy. Malloy? Yeah, Malloy's yep. hitting one. He's not hitting against lefties either. That's, that goes back to the thing I've been saying for a while. For whatever reason, and it's a strange weakness to me, or at least you don't see it very often, like breaking balls inside give him all sorts of fits. Yeah. Inside and in, in the zone. Because he can't uh, extend his hands. His swing yeah. is so, If you notice about his swing, it tends to like just, sometimes almost like it stops and puts the barrel out there and wait for a hand. Because a lot of those sinking line, he, said he hits a lot of sinking line drives, if you notice. He does. He's got, he, he's got quick hands, and, which allows him, and he's got a good eye. So he's, he's, not chasing a ton, but I think he's been chasing more lately because he's feeling it now. He's just struggling. And I think he'll be fine, but there's, you just got to hold your horses, guys, because I understand the guys in the big leagues aren't performing, but 
But again, big league pitchers are incredibly good. They've got detailed scouting reports. They're going to destroy you if you have any weaknesses. And if Malloy is struggling in AAA right now, you better believe that he'd be struggling in the majors. And you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to bring a guy up and play him every day and then have to send him down three weeks later because he goes one for 50. It's just, it's not great. And to be fair, with 300, 600 at-bats, majority of those have been at either high A or double A. I believe so, correct, Chris? Because he just went to triple A for what? Malloy? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got 130 at-bats in triple A total. He's, he's a good hitter, and he'll be a good hitter, and he walks, and he's patient. He, he'll be a, a good addition to the offense, but I don't think he will be a good addition to the offense right now. If they called him up, I'd be very excited that they would right. think he's ready, but but from what we've seen the last couple of weeks, he's struggling, but it's not. I think there's a reason they called up Abanez instead of Malloy, that they believe in his ability to hit major league pitching right now more than Malloy's. Also, they probably don't want to start his service clock, but... Yeah. <laughs> A, a little I, bit, the little Kameo Kambi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Malloy will be up this year. Unless he gets yeah. hurt, he's going to come up at some point this year. He's not on the 40-man, which they may consider, but he'll be up. Just give him time. Give him another month. And MX9 on YouTube, he said, I got fired up with a five-game streak. I don't blame you. Look, this weekend was pretty good. Even, even after the loss today, Tigers played. That Grand Slam was a prime example. They, they were never out of the game. And then until the bullpen, obviously today, but overall they played some really exciting baseball. So I don't look, I'm just as stoked as you are as Alex is to answer your question. He asked if any news on the Kreidler, Kreidler's injury, nothing as of yet. So nothing has been updated from what asking around yeah. a little bit. So a little knee bruise. Was that what Knee's it was? Bruise. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it would a bruise that bad probably take two weeks or so, but. Yeah, if, if Kreidler were healthy and, and he was starting to produce, remember we had noticed that small change Pain, in the swing. Yeah. I think you, you you picked it up on. I think he may have already come up and, and who knows what would happen. But yeah, but this is, part of it is there's a reason you have a full AAA roster of guys. You, you need some people to come up and help when other guys get injured. But yeah, one of the things I like to look at, and this we, we will end the podcast in a minute, is you like you just split the season up into 10, tens, right? The Tigers started two and eight in their first 10 games. And since then they went, let's see, five, five and five. And is it five and five? Yeah. Five and five in their next 10 games. And win, win, win. Six and four in their next 10. And they've started this one two and three or something like that. So like you play 500, play slightly over 510 game stretches and you're going to be fine. They just had that slow start again, but they've been much better since then. They go from two and eight to what? 15 and 18 and 18. Yeah, they're they're competing. Fifteen and eighteen, yeah. So yeah. they've been thirteen and ten in their last fifteen games. Thirteen and, and and a, games. Yes, and my a, math is terrible. Yeah. No, my math. I'm not even going to math it. It's a terrible division, and they're taking advantage of it. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go and say, "Well, they could catch up the Twins and nothing like that." But anything is possible. I don't know. It, it baseball is. We're this is what May seventh. And here we are talking about a 15 and 18 team that about a month ago, it was the roof was on fire. Everybody was freaking out. It was just like this toilet was swirling. And honestly, I, I think for Tiger fans out there, I think the biggest takeaway I, I noticed this weekend too was Eric Haas is actually getting better behind the plate. He's catching a little better. I think he's framing better. 
and Jake Rogers, I just wish this bat was just a little more consistent because there's power in that Batman, but and it's just well, if, it. you see it, you see it a little bit with Zach Short too. You know, Zach Short came up and had an awesome game, but then the other day they like four strikeouts. I think it's just yeah. there's certain guys that that you just they have the ability, but it's just not quite consistent enough, and, and you can't be going up there and striking out four times a game every game. Which right. is why Rogers is getting limited playing time, I think. Yeah, I mean they have the has to still they have to address really players have to address what they're gonna do in terms of getting another bat with some power in the lineup because if main time like I said it's just green and torque and that was another Alex thank you I was just gonna thank you for reminding me green and torque both had really good weekends I think green I think it was like a ten game hitting streak or something like that in fact yeah I think I think he had a snap today but yeah. torque had two hits including a home run to just the right center. He's been playing well lately. Like you said, he had that, that really heady defensive play the other day. Yeah, I mean, the, if those guys pick it up, Javi Baez, he had the two errors today, but he's been really hitting well ever since he got benched. Those are the three guys, right? Need those three guys to produce consistently. If you get anything out of Miggy, like today, a couple hits, that's a bonus. Uh, Haas has been performing well, like you said. So, yeah, they're, they're getting more consistent production. You'd love to see Maton do a little bit more at the plate. Fearling, you'd like to see a little bit more. He's been solid, though. Uh, we talked about McKinstry in our other show. It's it's a it's a decent MLB lineup right now. If, if the guys are performing, you know what's funny? You mentioned what was it? The oh man, I lost my train of thought now. Oh crap, crap, crap. McKinstry. Oh, look, I, I, McKinstry's numbers were ridiculous. Just how well he's performing. But Riley, oh yeah, I remember what it was now. The yesterday on Saturday, that was the first double of the year for Riley Green. Yesterday. Double the night before, or was it a two run single? It was Friday or Saturday. I would have sworn somebody. I somebody said that was the first double he had all season yesterday. I was like, "There's no way." And it, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's been getting an awful lot of weak ground balls to the right side of the infield and more strikeouts than we'd like to see. But yeah, that one he caught because he caught a breaking ball from Hicks a couple games ago, right? Yeah, he's got two two doubles this this year, but they may have both come in the last three games. May have been Friday and Saturday where his first doubles because yeah, I thought he, he had a couple couple runs driven in on both nights. But yeah, you just need those guys to make the adjustments and, and get better. And we we've always been high on, on Green's ability to adjust and, and figure things out. And hopefully Torque is figuring some th- things out. He's been hitting the ball hard. I know people are getting very tired of hearing that when the results haven't been there, but you just gotta hope that that, that someday the, the switch flips. And then he, he's the productive hitter that everybody wanted. By the way, if we got two people talking about Southside of Chicago, I've been to a game there, a guaranteed rate field. It was, I'm not going to wear a Tigers jersey ever again down there. I'm, I'm not going to wear any Tigers paraphernalia. I got yelled at by a couple of Sox fans walking up, just minding my own business. And I was, it was the first time I mean, I've been to a couple, that was my third game there. First two times I went without incident, but then, yeah, the, third time we're walking up and these guys were like get the f out of here blah 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 and and i was looking around like me yeah what i do but any point thank you so much Uh wow gatorade (laughs) is it in you is it in me no it's allergies right now they're in me and yeah yeah i i've never had allergies but i'm feeling it right now for some reason there's yeah it just feels like there's something right it's gross but. Yeah, it's exactly that. Like I feel, yeah, like I've been drinking a lot of water and Gatorade today. It's just, yeah, 
I don't know. My experience in, 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 you know what? Everybody in South, like South Side was fine, but just that one time. That was it. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon.com forward slash segmental report, we have, we're going to have the StatCast article this week. I think we, oh. I didn't, yeah, I didn't do it last week. Part of it was, I I did the, we did the top 25 article and I yeah. thought I'd let that thing simmer a little bit. And then also there was, Jerry does miracles with our data, but for, for some reason there was a little bit of a hiccup this week and the data was taking, they're giant batches of data and it was taking longer than usual. So, but yeah, we, 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 we've switched out the average launch angle for sweet spot percentage, which I think people might dig more because yeah. that's, I think, a better indicator of, of who's hitting the ball well. So yeah, we'll get into that tomorrow or Tuesday whenever I get it done. Yeah, and there's going to be a Tiger Miley report recap, which I've been doing over at Motor City Bengals, but I'm just going to start doing it on our site because why not? We need to site traffic. So, and I, I do think I want to do a an Erod trade piece. I don't. Nobody wants to think about it right now because he's been pitching so well, but I do think it's it's worth considering. Because it's, it's an elephant probably, in the room too. It's yeah, I mean, probably going to happen, even though you know we don't want it to. The timing Thanks, of the school. Yeah, th- yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We're gonna have this up on iTunes in the morning for myself and Chris Brown. We'll talk to you on Thursday for the Motor City Metrics podcast. And that is wait, are they off Thursday? I can't remember. I believe so. Okay. I think they're free in Cleveland and then they're coming home, I think. But look Yep, you can Seattle, yeah. So Greenland Cleveland. They are bring in the Mariners and Bryce Miller looks like oh. the next Spencer Strider. Yeah, that that's money. So on that note, we'll talk to you Thursday. Have a good week, everybody.